Ephesians 2 and 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I keep telling you there's power in learning to pray the word. So this is what you should do. By now you should even have memorized this verse because it's our theme for the year. We're talking about elevate your life this whole year. And I will be dealing with a number of subjects, but ultimately they all are designed to produce elevation. This is the way you'd pray this. Thank you, God, that you've raised me up. I thank you that you've raised me up with Christ, and I pray that you'll raise me even higher and that you will seat me with him in the heavenly realms where the enemy can never pull me back down to where I've been before as long as I live. In Jesus' name. I declare that I'm going to be elevated. I declare that my elevation has already begun. You pray like that. You're praying in consistency with the Word of God and in agreement with God's Word. As I've told you, the enemy doesn't want that to happen, so he sets about to strategize as to how to make sure you do not experience elevation, which means that for God's plans here to be fulfilled, you're going to have to have the authority to look the enemy in the eye, and you must use that authority and say to him, back up. I cancel your assignment against me in Jesus' name. Amen. And this is why in Luke 9 and 1, <clears throat> when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases. Power and authority. You already have power if you've received the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 and 8. But the authority to use that power is a different, different subject. You can have power and not be allowed to use it. Amen. Whether or not you use it is dependent and, and are allowed and permitted to use it can be dependent upon a number of factors such as your level of maturity. It's Galatians 4. Under tutors and governors until the time appointed by the Father when you demonstrate adequate maturity and adherence to vision to the degree that he trusts you now enough to use the authority that came in your name. You're his son. Now he starts beginning to allow you to run some of the family business. There are other factors that are involved in terms of authority. Your level of faith and so forth is one. Now, because of, of authority, and because uh, rather authority is important in making sure you experience elevation, then I've begun to teach on the 12 dimensions of spiritual authority. Right now, I'm talking about authority within a ministry structure. And I've talked about things the enemy will substitute when there is a lack of genuine spiritual authority. Genuine spiritual authority, you say to the sick, be healed, and they get healed. In the absence of genuine spiritual authority, like Rehoboam did when the enemy stole the shields of gold that Solomon put in the temple, the devil will steal authority away from the church and like Rehoboam, he'll put shields of brass in their place. They look good, but they don't work. You don't have breakthroughs. There are no miracles, no deliverances, no transformed lives, no revival. Lots of promises, but nothing really materializes. And so I've looked at what those substitutes can be. And we find one of them early on in the scripture in 1 Kings 16, 30 through 31, I spoke about it last week. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing 
for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. The spirit of Ahab and the spirit of Jezebel become replacements. What are they? These are spirits. And remember, angels, demonic spirits are fallen angels. They have no gender. They're not male nor female. These spirits fall, and there are characteristics in these spirits because these spirits actually get in leadership in churches. How do I know that? Revelation 2.20 and verse 29 Nevertheless, this is the letter that Jesus gave to the church of Thyatira. I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. Jezebel had been dead for years, but the spirit was still there. And I've pointed out that, that Jezebel can be in a man just like in a woman because spirits are neutral in gender. We always think Jezebel means the woman and Ahab means the man. Oh, no, no. I've seen women who were Ahab's. And I've seen men who were Jezebels. Not in the traditional you hussy Jezebel thing. You know what I'm talking about. But Jezebel is a controlling, manipulating spirit that leads by intimidation. Ahab is a little bit smoother. He uses Jezebel to be his pit bull attack dog. While he comes across looking a little more spiritual. But all the time he's working her because he's working an agenda. He could, he could stop her. He doesn't want to. Okay? And so when you look at this in verse 29, this is what Jesus said. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Those spirits of Ahab and Jezebel are still around. They were in Jesus' day, and they still are. One of the things that I need to remind you as I get into this, and last week I told you about how Ahab always works an agenda, but it's hidden. Jezebel is more overt. She intimidates. She manipulates. Anybody ever been around churches and experienced manipulation? Intimidation? Anybody ever use you to achieve their agenda? Last week, there was such incredible healing. In the, all four services, people were weeping. People that had been in churches where they've been used. I've been there too. Amen. I know what it's like. So before I get into this, remember we're talking a matter of degrees. Just because you have a few characteristics here that I'm going to mention doesn't mean you have a Jezebel or Ahab spirit. So don't go looking under every pew. You know, looking out of the corner of your eye at the person next to you. Amen. Don't be doing that. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if, however, all of these characteristics I mentioned are there, run. Okay? Amen. And so let me talk to you about this. This list is by no means comprehensive. Jezebel and Ahab's take the credit for everything. That's the first clue. Everything. They exude boastfulness and pride. Amen. They'll take the credit. Even though you did the work, they will say, it was my prayers that opened the door for you to be able to get to where you... Mm-hmm. I was praying last night at 2.30 in the morning and God dealt with me and that's why you've got that increase, that raise on your job or that promotion. God can't even bless you without them trying to snatch the credit away from you and your relationship with God and from God what's been done. 
They are very fond of the perpendicular pronoun. You know the perpendicular pronoun? I, I. Their conversation is filled with it. I, 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 I. That's their favorite pronoun. Secondly, Jezebel and Ahab spirit use other people to accomplish their personal agendas. A Jezebel will even stir up another person's emotions by sowing seeds of division and let that person go into a rage and believe things that aren't even true. Later they can say, I didn't say that. But they let the other person think it. Uh Uh-huh. And let that person go and get upset. You ever fight somebody else's battle and after you get out there on the battlefield, you look around and they're standing off on the sideline somewhere. Letting you fight for them and afterward, guess who looks ugly and guess who looks good? You look ugly because they used you. They come across looking good. They take advantage of vulnerable people. They will make you their servant. And all of the while, they will tell, it, tell you, you're actually serving God. Oh, this is a little servant of God right here. They'll do anything I ask them to do. Pardon me? Last time I looked up capital G-O-D in the dictionary, I didn't see your face there. Amen. We should never misunderstand. We do serve God when we serve others. But don't let anybody manipulate you into being their personal servant because you're serving God. Uh-uh, they're taking advantage of you when you do that. Number three, a Jezebel Ahab uses information to make themselves look wiser and more spiritual. They wield power by professing to know something you do not know. They will say things like, well, you just don't understand this situation, but I've had experience with it before. That's what they say when you raise a question about what they're doing or something going on. You just don't understand. After you've been in this for a while, as long as I have, you'll know where I'm coming from. What they do is imply that they have information they don't really have. The difference between that spirit and the true spirit of God, God leads people into truth. He doesn't hide truth and pretend he has it. The Bible says they who sat in darkness saw great light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He doesn't hold the light and pretend I've got some light here and you just don't see it. Amen. And use people because they are searching for light. People that have this spirit will ignore your doubts or questions about what they are doing and say, just trust me because I have information you don't have. Number four, the Jezebel spirit. Are you ready for this? The Ahab spirit has difficulty apologizing. You never met anybody like that in your whole life, have you? To accept responsibility would violate their inner core of insecurity and pride from which it operates. When a Jezebel or Ahab apologizes, it is never in true repentance and it is never a true apology. It's not an acknowledgement of wrongdoing. Rather than saying, I'm sorry, they will say, I'm sorry if your feelings were hurt. 
if is always in there. I'm sorry if you misunderstood me. That's like turning around to somebody you just run over and say, I'm sorry if my car ran over you. <laughs> Wasn't the car, you were the one driving. The car doesn't go anywhere without you steering. You understand? Amen. Number five, the Jezebel spirit is charmingly deceptive. They can charm your socks off. Amen. Oh, yes, they can. They can also lie convincingly. They turn on the charm and make you believe red is blue. Make you believe down is up. Make you believe sweet is actually bitter. And bitter is actually sweet. They're charmers. The first step in their work is to control their victims by seducing them. I don't necessarily mean in phys the physical sense of seduction, though it does come to that sometimes. They will use instead flattery to seduce you. Everybody use, ever have an experience of someone using flattery to seduce you and draw you in? Flat or how about this? Prophecy or pleasant words or even tears. What's this? I know that you have a compassionate heart. So watch this. Anything wrong? No, no I'll, be, I'll be all right. No, there, there's something wrong. It's okay. It's a... Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Amen. Hear what I'm talking about. In the end, they will own you. Number six, a Jezebel or Ahab doesn't like it when you disagree with them. They're not secure enough for you to say, I've got a different intake on that, a different thought on that same subject. Here's the difference that I'm describing. Most of us cannot see the whole picture because we're un unlike God, we are not omniscient. I see my little slice, you see your little slice, someone else sees theirs. If we get together, we can see all the way around the subject. However, the person that has insecurity that has given themselves over to this spirit of manipulation or working an agenda so they can feel good about themselves? Uh-uh. They cannot admit that they might have a different, that you might have a different view than them. They will not allow you to disagree. A Jezebel, well, this and an Ahab, this is what they will do. They'll tell you not only you're wrong, but God told me, and that's how I know I'm right. Never had that done before, have you? Never had to experience that. Hang around church, baby. You'll see it sooner or later somewhere. Amen. Not only that, number seven, they will criticize everyone, keywords behind their back. If you have something to say, say it to my face. Well, help me out here now. Do it without rancor. Do it without animosity. Do it without hostility. I will value your input. What none of us like is when someone decides that it, their calling is to be, you know, the person that attacks us personally. You know, some people, that's their spiritual gift, attacking others. <laughs> that's 
Where did we ever get the idea that that is a prophetic anointing? They'll even excuse it. I'm, I'm prophetic in my anointing. I got to just tell it like it is. No, you're not prophetic in your anointing. You're, you're hateful. That's what you are. Amen. Prophecy edifies and builds somebody up. That's what Paul said. Amen. But they'll criticize you behind your back. Here's what they do to your face. Oh, that was wonderful. I, I love you so much. As soon as you walk away, <laughs> run from that. That's the wrong spirit. Amen. They will show disrespect for spiritual authority. Not to the face of the person, but behind their back. Their insults are also crude and vulgar and vindictive. I'll tell you what I've even heard. In this city, in this city, I was told by people that went there that they were using not only four-letter words, but some of them that begin with the letter F. In church services. And you know their excuse? We're just proving that we don't have a religious spirit. You're right. Even a religious spirit doesn't stoop that low. Amen. You be aware of people like that. Number eight, they practice one-upsmanship. Always got to upstage somebody. They brag excessively, but they call it giving their testimony. Notice how at the end of their testimony, they always look good. God doesn't, they do. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. Their insecurity makes them extremely jealous when you upstage them. God uses you. Oh, they have a hard time with that. Amen. They find it difficult to rejoice when you do well unless they can somehow manipulate that circumstance to steal the credit from you. If you do really well, this is one of the tactics and strategies they will use. You know, I, I prayed and fasted for you last week. I am so glad God used you. I just prayed until I know that I touched God so that he, you could be used of God today. You know what they just did? They stole the credit for your good work and effort and took it to themselves. Amen. And they will also remind you that if it wasn't for them mentoring you, you would never have reached where you are right now. Amen. Number nine, they act superior to others. You should know, though, that these are not genuine feelings of superiority, however, but they are the, rather the result of an ego-based act of overcompensation based in insecurity. The veneer of pride is actually a cover for deep-rooted insecurity. Most people that walk around acting like they're all that in a bag of chips are doing so to compensate for their self-perception of ugliness and deficits of need. Remember this, as long as you live, a self-perception of ugliness begs ornamentation. When you don't like yourself, you got to do something to make yourself look good. Amen. Number 11, they... Uh, number 10, they talk incessantly about their views, their ministry, and what they're doing. Don't you try to talk about anything God's doing in your life. Oh, no. 
It's what God's doing with them that matters. They find it hard to listen to another person's perspective. And another characteristic of a Jezebel Ahab spirit, they cannot stand to be alone. One of the most important things you can learn to do in your devotional life is spend some downtime alone with God. Selah, a place in the desert where people spent time alone. Amen. Not them. Oh, no. They got to be have somebody around them all the time. They spiritualize, number 11, everything. Everything. The wind was blowing through that tree. And it came from the east, which is indicative of the spirit coming from the east. And the tree went this way and back this way, which means that you're going to lean in this direction and then you're going to come back in this. They will spiritualize everything. And a bird flew through. And they will give you a meaning for everything. Don't you be caught up in all of that. Believe it or not, sometimes the wind just blows from the east. And as to a bird flying, guess what? That's what birds do. Now you say, are you making fun of the prophetic? No, I'm not. I believe in it. You will see me operate in that, that, that gift from time to time. And I will bring people here. But I'm talking about when people just ever, they, they're constantly over-spiritualizing things. And since in their minds God is behind everything, this is why they do that. You can't question them because this is what God showed me. Right there. That just removed that card from the table. I was going to tell you what it really meant, but now I can't because if God told you, then what do I know, you know? Amen. They leave you with no resource. Amen. How can you speak into someone's life who's always pulling the God card out and lay it on the table? God told me. Number 12, the Jezebel Ahab spirit is insubordinate and cannot submit to spiritual authority. Remember you, that this is the difference. True spiritual authority doesn't demand you submit. Jezebel and Ahab demand submission. True spiritual authority waits for you to see the need to be in correct governmental order and loves you the whole time. But Jezebel never takes the side of an employer, a pastor, a person in authority unless it will temporarily make them look good. Why? Because they disrespect authority themselves. And here's the way that it works. The reason they do this is they can't have anybody up here that they feel like has more credibility than them. So the way they do this is instead of working hard and building up their credibility, you know what they do? Uh-uh, that's too much trouble. I'll just tear this one down. <laughs> and so they destroy the credibility of anyone else to make themselves look a little better. Number 13, a Jezebel Ahab spirit is pushy. Push. Amen. They pressure you into doing things. They try to take from you your right to choose and make a decision for yourself. True ministry never does that. True ministry is choose you this day whom you will serve. God gives you the freedom of choice 
Not even God will force you into a decision. Amen. Number 14, this spirit operates in mysticism. They have supernatural help. Yes, sometimes they know things. Yes, sometimes they sense things. But it's not the Holy Spirit behind it. It's the help of a familiar spirit. Oh, I need a little better amen. This fools people because it looks spiritual, but it isn't. And all of the while, they're telling you, I'm a prophet. Uh-huh. They operate in this spiritual realm illegitimately because the spirit that is empowering them is not really God. Many times they started out right, but somewhere along the way, the source of power got switched from the right side to the dark side. Amen. Watch it. And so these particular people, when they speak words over you, and I've always taught you, when someone speaks a word over you, never let that direct your decision. Let it confirm what God is already telling you. Amen. I told you about the guy and his wife that went to the meeting, right? With great brother, wonderful evangelist preaching. And understand if you're visiting, I love the prophetic ministry, but I'm giving guidelines so we can have proper government here. And so there was a prayer line at the end of the meeting. The lady comes up and the man of God lays hands on her, supposed to be a man of God, and prophesies and says, thus saith the Lord, God's calling you to be a missionary to India. And she's all excited. Guy comes up next. He prays for him and said, thus saith the Lord, God's calling you to be a missionary to Indonesia. The man said, wait a minute. That was my wife you just sent to India. And he said, wait a minute. Hmm, thus saith the Lord. He's sending both of you to Indonesia, or Indochina, rather. Amen. Or something like that. I, I told the story wrong. Amen. But at any rate, you get the point. The guy was simply manipulating people with his words. And that's what happens. And here's what happens whenever there's another dimension that you need to be aware of. If I speak a word over you that is not in alignment with what God is saying, and I make a declaration over you, or I pray a prayer that is not in alignment with God, do you know what spirit empowers that? It's the enemy. This is why when you let people speak words over you that are not speaking directly what God said, do you know they release spiritual warfare in your life? Amen. Listen, I know of situations that make the hair stand up on the nap of your neck. I learned of a circumstance the other day. I'm going to tell it to you, though I'm not going to tell you the circumstances. And I've been intending to preach this now since last year. I've been dealing with this and dealt with it elsewhere and preached it elsewhere, just never brought it home. But I need to say this. I actually know of someone who claimed to be an intercessor with a ministry in this city who called another intercessor and said, let's pray for this family over here, that the husband will find him some little Chiquita banana girl in the gym to have an affair with because they wanted the marriage to be broken up. That is not God on his worst day. That's not God. And you know what I did? I warned that man, be careful. They have just released spirits to try and set traps for you. Because when they pray, the anointing they pray in is not godly. It's an ungodly anointing. And so number 15, whenever those with these spirits 
or around, they will sow seeds of discord and division. They will continually belittle and speak badly of others in order to gain control of the situation. That's that tearing anybody down with credibility so they remain standing taller. Listen, it is common for them to tell half-truths, to destroy the credibility of someone you respect. They're uncomfortable that you respect that you respect someone else more than them. And rather than earning your respect, they will destroy that person's influence in order to be the one you respect the most. By sowing seeds of discord, they hope to eventually reap a harvest of destruction and other people's relationships that will improve their position of power. They are not familiar with the scripture, Proverbs 6, 19, which says that among the things the Lord hates is one who sows discord among the brethren. Number 16, they must be the center of attention. Jezebel and Ahab, they got to be on center stage. Amen. Number 17, they are vengeful. You cross one, you better be running to hide. Even if your name is Elijah, you better run and hide. Because the gods do more so to me also if I don't make your life by the, like the life of these prophets you've killed by this time tomorrow. That was the message Jezebel sent to, to Elijah the prophet. They don't care who they go after, what anointing they destroy, because they are vengeful. You confront a Jezebel to be, get ready to be their worst enemy. You could have been their friend. As long as you're a yes man, a yes woman, you're their friend. But let me tell you a little secret about life, honey. You don't want everybody saying yes to you all of the time. You need some people that love you enough to look you in the eye and say, I love you a bushel and a peck, but you're wrong. You need to stop this and correct this particular thing in your life. And if what you do is systematically destroy everybody who disagrees with you, then you're going to become a very lonely, broken individual before life is over. Amen. But confront a Jezebel, they'll go for your reputation. Then you'll realize that even though they were your friend, you'll find out their love actually had an agenda. They loved you so they could use you, but the moment you disagreed, they were done with you. Amen. 19, number 18, Jezebel and Ahabs will attempt to make others look like the problem. They will call you Jezebel. Number 19, they withhold approval and make others worry whether or not they measure up. God will never, ever love you conditionally. They love you conditionally. Measure up and I will give you my love. Uh uh. That's not God. God said, even while you're still a sinner, I love you. Amen. Herein, the Bible says, is the love of God shown to us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Moving on, number 20, Jezebel and Ahab will use self-pity to get their own way. Oh, yeah. They can make you feel sorry for them. Amen. They will make you feel sorry. It's really a form of manipulation. Remember this? What's the matter, Brother Jezebel, Sister Ahab? I said it that way deliberately so you'll remember that they can go either gender. Brother Jezebel, Sister Ahab, or have it your way. Amen. What's the matter? Oh, nothing. You just do your best in the kingdom, and this is how people treat you. You want to talk about it? No, 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 just pray for me. Uh-huh. 
they will even use their health to gain sympathy. I see some ministries get up and beg for money like they're broken. They got millions. I'm serious. You won't find me bringing any of those people here. And if you ever wonder why, they may be your favorite televangelist. As long as they stay on TV, I don't have a problem with them. Now, all those that are visiting today, you're going, like, I'm sorry. I I have this problem. I just, you know, these are the people I love. I cannot let my family be abused, even in the name of religion. I refuse to allow it to happen. Amen. They will use their health to manipulate you. Disagree with them and watch what happens. Next thing you know, they had to go to the doctor. You call, how you doing? Oh, not, not real well. What's, what's the problem? Well, you know, ever since the other day when, when you said that to me, I mean, it's just, I've literally, I'm not making this up. I know people, I've known people that have been dying for over 45 years. You think I'm making it up. I'm not. I met them when I was young and they were dying then. And they're, they're old now, older than I am, and are stronger and healthier than I am. I, 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 sometimes I've literally wanted to walk up and say, I thought you were dying. You still around? <laughs> Number 21, they're cold to people who disagree with them to force them to come around. They will give you the cold shoulder for years until you finally cave in. And submit, that is not the Spirit of God. Amen. You're not free to disagree with somebody with a controlling and manipulating spirit. That's not the Spirit of God. Number 22, they exaggerate and dramatize the situation. When you are dealing with Jezebel and Ahab, get ready for drama. Drama, 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 drama. It's not the sky is falling. It's the sky is falling. Everything is in punctuated with exclamation marks. And you don't understand what I'm talking about? They will often say, too, again, that the reason they're so upset is this grieves me because I just feel God's heart in all of this. Number 23 They will use people with deep emotional hurts to manipulate and control them. They will use that person's deep and emotional hurts and control them while creating deep soul ties with that person. They will find out where your wounds are. They will sniff until they discover where you've been wounded. And rather than heal you, they will play that against you. And they, in the process, create soul ties that are hard to be broken. You wonder why somebody didn't tell Jim Jones, drink your own Kool-Aid? He had soul ties with those people. Anybody with any sense should have run from Waco and said, David Corres, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I'm out of here. But they didn't. Why? Soul ties. And this is what happens when this, this kind of leadership is present. Amen. Jezebel loves to pull people into themselves and away from those who can truly speak into their lives. Amen. Number 24, they will put words in other people's mouths. 
They will use their position of influence to put words in your mouth and get to get what they want, even though you never said or meant what they say you're saying. Ever have that happen to you? Amen. And number 25, they love to label others while at the same time creating titles for themselves. They'll give you a label. They'll give themselves a title. Don't know anybody like that, do you? I hope not, actually. They love to label you with labels that are negative, that define who you are on the basis of negative things in your life. You are just this. You're that. You have this problem. Instead of seeing in you the goodness of God and speaking to that and calling out of you your destiny, they speak death into your life all of the while, I am a mighty this or that or whatever. Amen. So I'm concluding here. Amen. There are other characteristics, actually. Why did I stop at 25? I give you number uh, just 26 and say there are other characteristics and leave it right there. Why did I stop? Those of you that are looking know there's only 26 letters in the alphabet. I could have gone on for another week, amen, or two or three. But I'm choosing to stop here. Oftentimes, these relationships end up in immoral acts. Have you ever noticed a number of controlling ministries that ended up falling into immorality? This is one reason why. Because everything is about me, me, I, the perpendicular pronoun. How should we respond to a Jezebel or Ahab spirit? First of all, let's talk about that in response as I conclude to the victims. Be compassionate toward them. Pray for them that God will open their eyes and show them kindness and love. Pray that their inner woundedness will be healed where they won't need to become somebody else's floor mat. Amen. What do you do with the actual Jezebel or Ahab spirit? Have no mercy or sympathy on them at all. Do not compromise with them. Do not tolerate that spirit in any way. In conclusion, stand with me and come and join me because I want to pray for you here. There was incredible healing that took place last week in these altars, and I want to conclude this part of this message and pray for people. If you have ever been wounded in church, you've ever been wounded in leadership, I want you to know that God loves you and wants you to understand that wasn't the way it was supposed to have ended. It wasn't meant to be like that. You're supposed to be able to come to the house of God and trust. I'm not saying we're perfect in God's house because we're not. You'll find a lot of flawed people in this place beginning with a guy up on the platform. No. I need prayer as much as anybody. But what I'm saying is that many times people remain, stay away from the house of God because they were wounded. And as I pointed out last week, one of the characteristics of these spirits is you always lose your children if you raise them in a church where this is in leadership. And that God knows the church has lost through the years generations of children, and this is the reason why. Come, move in close. I want to pray for you. I conclude by asking you, what does this mean to you as a believer? Number one, look at me. Never let anyone manipulate or control your life. Never. Never. Secondly, neither should you 
manipulate or control someone else's. Can I hear an amen? All of us have been wounded by life. Don't continue to live in your woundedness and in your past. Number three, seek your identity in Christ, not from others. You are who he says you are, not what the label somebody gave you.